fuel, baby. All right, right. you know, bag fuel. Ooh, man. Atlanta, Atlanta edition, Atlanta edition. Don't forget that. ATL, we outside, man. You see the the ambiance is so, you know, inviting to us right now. It's we so- still got a Southside Jamaica Queens dude up in here. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's all yeah, right. Yeah, it's all yeah, right, yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, I'm with the tag team champions right now, so I <laughs> We got to introduce Shaheen Reed. You know what I mean? Man, you've been, you been working. Yes, yes, yes. You and, know, we got to keep going, man. And when we say working, like meaningful work, too. You know, in this business, you could do a lot of shit. You eating shit, no pun intended. But, you know, till you get your stripes. But every time I've seen Shaheen Reed, you're on television. You're with corporations. Everything has been impactful from what I've seen visually. So I know before that, it was... A real struggle and journey, man. Talk about it. Nah, uh, first of all, thank both of y'all brothers for having me on. You know, when I get the call uh, from this man right here, I got to come through. And, you know, always good to build with you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I had Esso on my my Twitch show. I remember. (laughs) So it's like, damn, we we coming a whole 180. Now I'm the one that's getting interviewed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's time, man. You revolt. Television, not YouTube, you, television, bro. Yeah, you, you know, I'm, I might be one of the only ones that uh, I could say I didn't work with Hove on the corporate level mm. um, when he was starting his Life and Times yeah. website. We had a show on there. Mm-hmm. I had a show on Revolt, and I had a show on MTV. I don't, I don't know if. Anybody yeah. else could say that, you know, I didn't, didn't dealt with a lot of the great corporations, you know, bless and you know, we still going hard. We still we still working, man. I you ain't never gonna see me maybe some number like maybe when I'm like eighty five years old or something, I say, Okay, I'm good. Nah, I'm I still got that hunger like like it's ready. This is actually um later this year it'll be like my twenty fifth anniversary in the game, man. Mm, congratulations. You gotta have a party or something for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we gotta do something big. I mean, because you legendary with this shit. Did you think that you was gonna get this far when you started out with this thing? Because, you know, media and all that, it wasn't sexy back then. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was in college, man, and was was crazy. When I think about twenty five years, I've actually been doing this like most of my life now. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like when I look at somebody like LeBron been in the NBA 20 years he's he's been doing that most of his life mm-hmm. you know so this is this is not just been a career for me this is this has been my life you know this is this has been my male adulthood you know mm-hmm. in, in the in the music game when I, I got in real simple my motivation for getting in is that um I always knew I wanted to get in media ever since I was a little kid I went to uh PS223 in Queens, okay. <laughs> you know, um, right by Baisley Park. Everybody from Southside know what the what time it is with Baisley Park. Mm-hmm. So um, when, I, when I was real little, um, when I was in elementary school, they took us to, to junior high school, two, uh, 202, which I wound up going to that school as well. And um, when they took us to 202 on a field trip, they had a studio. They had a television studio inside the school, which bugged my mind out. And they had 
kids that was like a few years older than me. So you figure at this point, I'm like nine, ten years old. So they had kids that was like 12, 13 years old, not just operating the cameras, but sitting um, in front of the cameras, you know? So I'm like, damn, that, that's the first time it, it ever clicked in my mind. Because, of course, you know, when we kids, we, we seen, uh, from my time period, I seen, like, Gary Coleman on TV mm. and, you know, Kim Fields and Facts of Life and stuff like that. But it wasn't really to that moment that it really dawned on me, like, damn, I could really do this. Because these kids was, you know, from my neighborhood, but just, like, a little bit older than me. So that just always stuck with me, man. Like, I always was like, when that happened, I was like, I got to be in... I didn't even know the term media at the time because I was still a little kid. But I was like, I got to do something with this. And then what was so crazy, not too long after that or around the same time, I won a contest on the radio. Uh, I don't remember if it was 98.7 or WBLS, 107.5, but I won a contest on the radio to be an extra in Run DMC's movie, Tougher Than Leather. Mm. So I'm like a real, real little kid. My mother is, she got to be, if not nine, eight months pregnant with my brother, stomach sticking out the hair. And I'm a little kid, and... Called up to the radio, and um, I, I just had to be, like, calling number 17 or, you know, some random number. I won a contest to be on there. So I'm gassed up. I'm thinking I'm going to be in the movie with Run DMC, you know, because <laughs> Crush Groove was all we watched. You know, yeah. Crush Groove, Breaking, Beat Street, yeah. you know, the, all those films changed my life and cultivated my mind at a young age too so I'm thinking like damn I'm gonna be in a movie with Run DMC and all of that cause you know those guys were my idols again guys from Queens at the same time mm-hmm. we we would see them every blue moon right, driving around drive Hollis yeah one million percent you know and mm-hmm. you know that, that that was important too because back in those days in, in the 80s it wasn't really too many people that was um, living a legitimate lifestyle that was driving with those type of fancy That's cars. Young, young guys, you, you, older cats. You know, I, I definitely seen a, a, a few older cats. I had my uncle Duke. He, he, my uncle Leroy. They always had nice Cadillacs and stuff like that. He rocking them bins with the gold grills, though. Nah, it was something different. <laughs> it was running them. They was doing it different. So. Those were like my idols, man. And um, make a long story short, I had to go to this club called The World in Manhattan on a school night, 11 o'clock at night, regular club hours. And my mom's, I, now that I think about it, my mom's is wow, you know, because she took me out there because my mother never learned how to drive. So we took the subway from Queens to Manhattan just because I begged her, like, Ma, I got to be in this movie. So we went, and I, and I think she wanted to see it, too. She mm. wanted to see what the hell was going on. So we went in there, we walk up to the club, and it was like, damn, it was just like, I couldn't have wrote it, a, a, a film writer couldn't wrote it better. As soon as we walk up the block to the club, right in the bins, it was a silver bins. It was um, Run, DMC, Hurricane. And they all in there chilling, right? 
And I'm like, oh my God, my mother go up to the window, they, they blazing or whatever. My mother go up to the window, she knock on the window. I know they had to be like, what the hell is this pregnant woman? Cause her stomach, she eight months pregnant, nine months pregnant, stomach sticking out the hair. What the hell is this woman knocking on our window for? And she was like, yo, I came all the way from Queens, I'm pregnant, my son is your biggest fan, y'all gotta give him an autograph or something. And they kicked it with me for a few minutes. And DMC, he gave me a, a, a picture, you know, one of them black and white. Yeah, the old the promo picture. <laughs> he, he signed it, said, be cool, stay in school, DMC. I think I still got this. I still got it somewhere in my mother's house. And, you know, that stuck with me to stay in school, man. Like, a lot of artists don't realize that they really have power over these young kids' mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just the have a, a, a kind word to a young kid could go a long way. That that should, I carried it with me my whole life wow. from, from that point. And I remember looking up on the roof, DMC was on the roof, I mean, Jam Master J was on the roof of the club because it was like 5,000 people outside and it was, you know, he was just standing out there. I, I never forget, I, I still got the, the memory of Jam Master J ingrained in my brain standing on the roof of the club and he had his, Hands on that his head, like right yeah, he was. He, he looked like Black Superman, though, yeah. bro. He looked like Black Superman. He was up there, bed trimmed up, and he was just so proud. He had a he had a smile on his face, like so proud, like God damn, look what we doing. Because it was way more people outside than it was inside. So me, I'm still naive. I'm thinking I'm gonna be in the movie. Where I think I'm gonna get a scene or say some lines or something <laughs> like that. It's like, no, it's a, I'm an extra, but they took us, they, I told them, we, they told them that we won the contest to be in there and they, they treated us great. They took us in the club. We went to the green room, you know, away from all of the people. And then when we go in the green room, man, this shit was just so crazy. I don't mean to curse. I don't know if I curse on it. I know, but Man, it was incredible. Like we just sent me and my mother just sitting in the green room, just to, off to the side. And when I tell you, everybody in hip hop around that time started coming in. This is like '88. No, this is like nah. This ain't '88. This is like '86. Mm. This is this is like '86, '87. Cause this is after um, Crush Groove. Yeah, this is after Crush Groove, and this is after the Raising Hell album. You know okay. what I'm saying? This is this is uh and I'm gonna tell you what, what song that they played for the first time that night. So when I tell you we sitting in the green room chilling, Beastie Boys come in, Slick Rick, Dougie Fresh, Fat Boys, LL, Salt and Pebble, and I'm watching this as a kid, like I'm like I'm I'm mesmerized, like, yo, this is crazy. So we finally get called to do our scene. Of course I'm an extra. So it's However many people in the club, a thousand people in the club, but they're doing a concert scene. So I'm like, yo, this is great. I'm, I'm gonna see them perform too. This is crazy. So they come, they come down, and um, for the first time ever, they perform um, "Mary, Mary, Why You Bugging." Mary, Amen. Mary, man. Man, it was my first time hearing it. it was, Sounded at the time the greatest hip hop song, greatest song period I've ever heard, <laughs> and they they did it they did it about like twenty times, and then my mother was like, "All right, we out, we gotta go. Like, we gotta go." But it was just an incredible experience, and then you know years later, actually um, working at MTV and my other journalism places, interviewing Run DMC, and 
you know, getting a chance to kick it. I don't remember if I, I don't think I ever did a chance, I had a chance to interview Jam Master J, but I definitely kicked it with him on a couple of occasions. Mm. Um, obviously before the, the tragic Tommy demise. Yeah, but he, he was he was so cool. Did you remind him of that moment? Or you just was like- I, I never reminded Jay, but I always remind Run. Do, do yeah. they remember your mom's work? Nah, nah. Hell. They don't remember a pregnant lady from Queens. You know like, how many pregnant ladies they had coming up to them, bro? bro I think that that all gave yeah. us a, a, a like charge because I was a kid and I worked across the street from Full Force and fucking Lisa Lisa where what? they used to report hers <laughs> in fucking, uh, what's that shit called? Hell's Kitchen. Mm. And I know Paul, and I know Bowlegged Lou now. Bro. So they used to come across to the hardware store, and at six years old, I, I was running the cash register and shit, because my godmother Panamanian. Yeah. So we did. So when I finally made it in the game, and I saw them, and we we had the BMI Awards, and I, I I took a big picture with them, and I was like, yo, remember that kid? They used to stand on top of the crate and run the cash register. They was like, yeah, West Side. I was like, that was me. Wow. And niggas was wow. like, they couldn't believe Incredible. I was the same dude that did that. Even Puffy, when I first met Puffy, I was a 16-year-old kid in Cancun on, on top of the speaker. So when I first was dealing with Puffy, I said, yo, remember the kid that was on top of the speaker in Cancun? Bye, bye. Y'all was like, why the fuck is this nigga up here? He was like, yeah. I was like, that was me. Everywhere, man. And they can't believe it. It's like somewhere, some shape, form, or fashion, you was involved in hip-hop. And you didn't even know. I didn't even know the effect it was going to have on me. But when you think about the times and you go back to it, it was fully ingrained. Like, when you mentioned Crush Groove, Crush Groove coming from Queens was everything. Um, it still gave me chills. Yo, it, it still yo, gave me chills. LL come box and all that. Like, yo, we coming from Queens, it was like, yo, we can do this. We can make it in this business because the dudes that are in the same land drinking the same water is doing this shit. Word, and you know, just to just to build off off your your uh, full force, Lisa Lisa. First of all, um, I like girls and women at a very very young age. <laughs> and Lisa Lisa was one of them things. Lisa Lisa, I had the biggest crush on her. Jesus Christ. Her and Pebbles. Pebbles and fucking Lisa oh, Lisa Pebbles, was my truth. Pebbles was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Lisa, to me, she was she was it. And, the first J-Lo. And she's still so beautiful, man. Um, yeah. I, I was at a Snoop Dogg concert at, at um, not Irving Plaza. It was in Manhattan. Um, Hammerstein? Not Hammerstein. The one over on 20-something Street. I can't remember the name. Uh, Gramercy, Gramercy. 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 Please forget. My cousin Tommy was working at Gramercy for a long time. Please forgive me, Tommy. Uh, Gramercy, Snoop had a concert there. And um, for some reason, my, my aunt is 86 years old. And this was only a couple of years ago. This is right before the pandemic. She's such a big, a, such a big fan of Snoop. We had to take her downstairs to get the autograph from Snoop. Snoop is my man. He always cool. But while we was waiting for Snoop, I wound up in the dressing room. It was me and my aunt. Lisa Lisa and her people and Peter Guns. It was just like a, a real random. random thing. And, you know, I told her, I was like, I've, I've been a fan of yours since I was little. My, my first concert that I ever really remember going to was Lisa Lisa and Coach Jam, Full Force, Rapping Duke. 
Remember rapping Duke the High, the High? I'm just, I, know, I know y'all remember what I'm saying to people that's watching this. Rapping Duke the High, the High, you know, and they don't, I don't think a lot of the younger cats caught the line with, you know, what Biggie was saying mm-hmm. when he said it. Rapping Duke the High, the High, you never thought the hip hop was this far. And the headliners was New Edition. And they had just kicked Bobby Brown out the group. Because mm. that was the whole big thing. Like, my mother my mother told me that Bobby Brown was out the group. She's like, you know the guy's out the group? You and didn't then, believe it. Well, I mean, you know, I believed it. But she was just telling me all type of stuff. She was like, I heard, I heard he was on drugs. I heard he was mm. doing this. Because, you know, it was rumors back then. We didn't have social rumors, media. We didn't have no social media. You had no, magazine yeah, rumors. Yeah, yeah, what you yeah, heard yeah, on the radio. You had Wendy Williams exposing all of that. You, you didn't have a lot. Of, you didn't. You didn't know nothing. Like it was a secret society. Yeah, you know yeah. The, the, so, did you think that you was gonna make money off of this shit? Where did the money come from? When did that start to occur? Nah, I knew it. I knew it. Um, I went to uh, shout out to all of the HBCUs, all of the historically black colleges. I went to. I went to Norfolk State. I went to Morgan State. Oh, there we go. I I, I did some dirt in Norfolk State. Yo. Oh yeah, Norfolk yeah. State was wild. I you know? did the, the, the Green End. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did some dirt. Yeah, Norfolk State. VSU. I did dirt out there. Oh, I did that whole college scene. Yeah, v- VA was wild, man. VA, oh, yeah. v- VA is is always a, a beautiful place. I, I still got family down there. Mm-hmm. I still go down there. I, I love it. But it, it's funny because we moved from Queens to uh, to Virginia um, in the early in the early nineties. What was that about? I I'm I gonna tell you a story. Cause my my parents did the same thing. They moved from Queens and they moved to Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but I didn't go. They let me stay home for my last year and a half. But everybody from Queens was moving out to VA. I think VA it's was the, pro- the first Miami to me. It's a property because pe- at that time people were like, "Yo, you can get a lot for a little." Yeah, bit. it was. It was. It was the, the rent was lower. The mortgage was. Everything was lower. All the prices, but everything was lower. Even just going to. McDonald's, you know, you, yeah, mm-hmm. you might get a, a quarter pounder with cheese for a dollar fifty here. You get it for a dollar down there. You know, like every the the, the cost of living was was just less expensive. And my mother, she was under the uh, <laughs> she was under the delusion that it that Virginia was gonna be nicer. The hood wasn't there. It wasn't. And then but, she but didn't know was. Newport News was she right didn't know. the corner. And we moved in Newport News, so <laughs> we, we was right there. But we was in Denby. We wasn't downtown. Okay, bad okay, news. Okay. But it was it was crazy because when we moved to Virginia, and you know my mother, she did a, a excellent job of raising me and my brother Ari. You know she's a fantastic parent, but she just was naive to what was going on in the street. You know it was. Cause when, when when I moved down there, that was the height of Drunk. crack, and it was yeah, it, it, was it, it was the height of drugs for guns. Teddy Riley was out there, mm-hmm. so VA had the guns. Mm-hmm. New York had the coke, mm-hmm. and they would. It was a lot of exchanging, bartering. Yeah, it was a lot of bartering. New York and VA was close. It was a lot of New York dudes. A lot of New York. Teddy Riley relocated to VA and had all of New York. Hope was living out there for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. VA was the first Miami. I'm telling you, I was the first beach. Everybody was down there for the Fourth of July. Everybody was out there for Labor Day. Mm -hmm. That's where all the colleges went. We all went to fucking. Oh yeah, Black College, Wigan. You went to Kings Dominion. That was it. Yeah, that's where all the 
just me. You you met girls because Morgan State was down there with VSU, with Northwestern. Everybody, yes, we was all flooded down. It was, it was amazing. Black House weekend, bro. It was amazing, man. It was amazing. It, it, was amazing. Yo, it was like nothing you've ever seen. But but what's so crazy is that I came into contact with more guns, cocaine. I mean, I wasn't. I was never doing it. I ain't gonna get on here in front. Like I was. Mm-hmm. Dealing drugs and none of that. I wasn't into none of that. But all, but a lot of my friends was. You know what I'm saying? Even I even have family members that was getting into drugs. it. They was getting into it. And you know, I had it. It was crazy because you know it would be one day I have a friend over the house. We just chilling, watching TV, playing Sega Genesis. Next day, my mother's like, "Oh my God, he's on the news. He murdered the pizza man." You know, and getting there's people I went to high school with. Because I went to high school before I went to college down there. So. Okay, so you had a year down there? I had two years of high school. She moved me down junior. I, I went to August Martin. Shout out to August Martin in Queens. Martin. That's yeah, that was that, yeah. They Martin. wild. You know, they wild. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to Denby High School for my last two years, and then I went to Norfolk State. But it was crazy. There's a few cats that I went to high school with been in jail for murder and all type of stuff. Like my whole career, like they, they ain't been outside my whole career. Like I'm I mean, 25 in. Bo- I mean, they catch bodies out there. Like yeah, not, and, and and it's a Commonwealth state. That's I. But but I've but the music scene was the music scene prevalent out there at that time. Like like in New York though. Well, nah, it it wasn't prevalent like that. But it was it was. When, when I moved down there, that was like the incubation period for mm. like all of them was coming up at, at the time. I didn't know them, but Tim, Timberland, Missy, Pharrell, um, Pharrell Jodeci was still hot, but it would be like a couple of years later that Jode, that um, Devontae would move down the VA okay. and grab up Genuine and Missy and Timberland and that's have crazy. all of them. That's small. You know what I'm saying? Producing. Yeah, well, that's how it usually happens. Yeah. So, like, when, when, when Teddy Riley about- was on fire though, because when I when I moved to VA, I think I think it was ninety two. Rump Shaker just came out. Oh lord, and Teddy! I remember it, it was a little little bit of controversy. I ain't care because the video was crazy, but I remember on the radio they was they was mad at Teddy Riley because they said that the, the women in Rump Shaker was flown in from Cali. Oh, but I didn't care. I was I was recording that video and watching it over and over. The woman was amazing. What the fuck does that mean? Who cares? Oh, oh, they wanted him to be from VA. One VA woman. They wanted VA woman. But you know, ain't nobody really thinking about that. But it. But the song was amazing. That whole that whole period. Ninety two. Mary J. Just came out. I remember we driving around the Mary J. We driving around the Red Man. What the what the album? And again, hip hop. Hip hop kind of like uh, calmed my nerves, man, because I was just so anti moving down to Virginia. Like I was like, yo, I do not want to move to Virginia. Like we was, you know, I was like, that's the country. I was under the mis, because I would go down to VA or whatever and have a good time with my cousins and stuff during the summer. But you know, I'm a New Yorker. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to live there, but. You know, when I got down there, and I just saw the freedom that the kids was having, man. Like, is 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 the, the kids? The kids back then. You know, you talk about six years old on a cash register. I can't even imagine a six year old kid yeah. on a cash register now. So we grew up a, a lot faster back mm-hmm. back in the days. But um, we just had a lot of freedom. You know, that was like um, 
we was going to the to the parties and you know like I said a lot of kids was was getting money driving around in Benzes and stuff like that. But, but how did you transition that shit in, in, into the game? Did did it come from from college? Did you start? Yeah. Did you take over college radio? Or what was the process of getting you from Virginia? Into the game, though. especially there's no YouTube. It's a yeah, secret society. It is. You either gotta write a resume or send something in and hope and pray. What That's what break? I did. I hit, I hit the lotto oh, ticket. See? I hit the go. lotto ticket. Well, for one, okay. So I told you about the story of that. I that when I was a little kid, I saw a TV station, mm-hmm. um, and I eventually went to that junior high school. Got a chance to work at that TV station, just playing around. When I went to um, when I went to high school in Virginia, they actually had a functioning television station because the one in school that was just they just play stuff in school, like how you see the the, the Spider Man movie, how they was just playing stuff just for the school. That's how it was. But I had a when I went to high school in Denby in, in Newport News, Virginia, Channel Six, big up to Mr. Price. They had a fully functioning TV station that you could turn the channel, turn your cable on, and you could see the the, the the student-run TV station. So when I did that, I was so open, man. We was making all type of uh, music videos where I'm lip-syncing brand newbies, "Love Me or Leave Me Alone," and you know we doing PSAs and all type of stuff. That just really got me open to, to production. Then when I went to Norfolk State, I carried it over. But see, with Norfolk State, how they, how they, uh, I don't know if they still have the policy. But when I went there, they was like, you could take production classes, but they wanted you to learn your craft and learn the ins and outs of it, the the written stuff and all of that. So you couldn't touch the equipment until a year or two in. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, damn, I got all this experience coming from this TV station, and they saying. Oh, you can't you can't make no videos and nothing. Felt like you was going backwards. Yeah, it felt like I was going backwards. So what I did in the meantime, just to keep me occupied, I started working at the school newspaper because I was always really good with writing. You know, I always language mm-hmm. arts and all of that. I was always getting A's in that. So always writing poems for church and all of that, saying speeches at school. So I started writing for the school newspaper. And then they they put me on the game. They like, yo, you send a send send a letter. We had to send letters. Send a letter to the record label, and you know they'll send you free albums and all mm-hmm. of that. So I, I was doing that. They was they put me on the mailing list. Arista Records, Def Jam. They put me on the mailing list. I'm getting all these these free um, vinyls. No CDs. It was, CDs, it was CDs yeah. at the time. It was CDs at the time. I was getting all the CDs first because felt like you was in the game. Now felt like I was in the game. Then what really turned it up? We in a college town, a black college town. All of the artists are coming down to get interviewed. So I interviewed Snoop right after um, right after Biggie got killed. Man, Snoop came to my school to perform, and I was I might have been the only one in the country, besides maybe MTV, which ironically I worked for them years later to actually interview Snoop at that time. Mm. Redman, Keith Murray, uh, Fuji's, The Locks. 
Everybody that was coming to the school by, by this time I was running the school You know what I'm saying Like I had the media pass They knew me I was the editor The, the, the entertainment editor Of the school newspaper So I was running it I was, I was, I was so So dope and, and so efficient with mine I was going to other schools I was going to Old Dominion With my press pass I was going to Hampton University It's a funny story We at Hampton University For, for this concert um, it's uh, it's Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, Jay Z, and the headline is Foxy Brown. So I'm backstage chilling, Jay Z trying to come in the security, not letting him in, you know. And I'm like, yo, this is Jay Z. Y'all gotta let Jay Z in. They didn't know who Jay Z was. That might be the one and only time nobody so knew they who Jay Z. Foxy, but they didn't know Jay Z. Yeah, Jay, you know. Jay, That's deep. Jay had just came out with Ain't No Nigga, but Foxy was still bubbling because, mm. you know, Foxy had the I Shot You. I Shot You. She and, was, and, you know, mm. she, she, was, she was bubbling. And she was the headliner. She was, she was bringing Jay-Z out. You, you told me. That, yeah, that, that's which is crazy. That, that they knew Foxy at yeah. that time, but didn't know Hove. That sounds almost like the same timeline when you did his concert in Maryland. Yeah, I, did, I, like did, I did Jay-Z and Foxy's first show in, 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 in Baltimore ever. Wow. And he, and he spoke about frame. it in a magazine and said it was his worst show ever. It was hot in there. The sound went out, all types of shit. It was a hole in the wall spot. Was it a hole in the it wall was a spot? Hole in the wall. It's called the Gallery 21 East. Yes, yes. And he spoke about it. <laughs> I, I remember that. He, he told us, I don't remember the whole ins and outs of the story. It was me. I remember we Queens nigga. <laughs> yeah, that was my party. Then y'all had to, did, did y'all pay him on like a, like, I paid him. It was like a dirt road or something. He had to travel. No, no, no. He came. He he came. Him and Pooh. Pooh was on the road with them. Uh. Pooh. They came and met me at the college campus. Okay. Okay. To get the back end of the money, and I was like, "How y'all gonna come get the back end money? How am I gonna know that y'all gonna show up? You know what I'm saying?" And they was like, "We showed up, and you sent the Western Union." And we're here. You know what I'm saying? That's how we had to do it. Western Union back in the days. Yeah. And trust that they show up. That's what we did. Man, and I, and I took them in. That's a SNS DJ, they brought the whole clan down. Clue, me and Clue knew each other. Clue's girlfriend was my girlfriend's roommate. Mm. So Clue came down. I knew Gavin from playing ball. I knew Foxy because I knew Gavin from playing ball. I knew Anton because I was a ball player. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I knew a whole, a, a whole bunch of them. And I was 19 years old. And I, and I was using my loan money and my weed money. And I wanted to throw, I was throwing parties, and Clue had dropped the, the um, mixtape where ain't, ain't No Nigga was popping. Yeah. It was a good time at the college, so I said, I'm going to bring them down. You know how much I pay? I paid 1500 for Foxy and 3000 for Hove. Did you make your money back? No. I lost, I, I lost my money not because of Hove and them, because it was competition. We had Buster down there, so I had to let people come in. That you wouldn't know that would normally pay. The sound went out. Mm-hmm. You know, we was younger at that time, so they wasn't giving us the bar back then. We didn't know about the bar. I wasn't old enough to get the bar. You know what I'm saying? So I was working off the door. I lost money, but what I but what did occur was my long lasting relationship with Clue. Yeah. Clue came to me and said, Your girlfriend and my girlfriend's roommates, I should be doing your parties, and we're both from Queens, and I knew you were ready. And I agreed with him. 
And I lost other relationships behind it, but you can see me and Clue's relationship has lasted Still rocking. 20 something years. Dame came to me and was like, yo, you put this show together, although the show wasn't a good show. Dame was impressed that a young 19 year old paid everybody. Yeah. That was his big deal. Like, every, you, you actually paid everybody. Everybody got paid, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I paid them. And Which is it. real tough when you yeah. take a loss. Yeah. Usually paid. they don't be money left over. I never believed in that. Like, if I'm going to take a gamble with something, I'm doing it. I'm not going to take a gamble and get money back and say I'm not going to pay shy. No, what I'm saying, I'm usually when shit. you take the loss, it don't be enough to pay everyone. You get what I'm saying? No, that's how I took the losses because I paid everybody. I oh, had the money. You're lucky. Come back. That's called breaking yeah, even. No, that's not. I took. I didn't. That's not breaking even. Breaking even is if I put a thousand dollars out and I make a thousand dollars back. What I'm saying is, I've done events. Yeah. It's such a bad event. There wasn't money to pay everybody. That means that y'all started out with no money. I started out with enough money to pay. That's why I say you broke even. So no, so less money. What are you talking so about? You, so so for break even. But but, but, yeah. but but this is but this is important though because it's a lot of young it's a lot of young promoters that's watching this. You're saying because because I, I see what you're saying mm-hmm. when pro- promoters right they want to do a show. And they might have the money to get the venue. Mm-hmm. They might have the money to give the artist the first in. And then they're expecting the, the money that night that they make that night to pay the rest of the artists. But you're saying you already had all of the funds, the whole budget for whatever. I'm Say, not doing it if I don't have the money. Right. But a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. So now when you took that L... How quickly did you do your next party? It was a while. I like, break, what's, what's the time frame? I don't know. It, it was a while, bro. Like, like it, took, it took probably when I got my next loan money, like three or four months, and I was doing a party once a month. Nigga, so that's you, breaking even, that bro. That is not, bro. You to, sound, to, 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 if bro, you take bro, an L, please don't, please don't keep on. saying that because what you're saying listen, is totally listen, wrong. Listen, if when you take an L like that and you could come back, that you, is not breaking even. Listen, if you could take an L like that and you can do a party again, that's what breaking even is. That is not breaking even. If you take an L, if bro. I hear a nigga saying he take an L, he take an L, he take an L, I'm like, that don't make no sense. How you taking these? Bro, breaking even. How many even, L's you took before you started? Even. Let's be clear. How many because L's you we, took? Let's be clear because people are watching this shit. You put out $4,500, you make $4,500 back. You don't make no money. That's breaking even. What you put out is what you got back. If I put out $4,000 and I lose $3,000 of it, I'm down $1,200. I did not break even. I lost. That's just what it is. You lost Because sometimes you got, sometimes when you mm-hmm. do these shows, you got to go, you got to dip back into the stash to, mm-hmm. to finish paying. To, to sometimes finish yeah. That's how you know you lost money you because lost money. that means you have the money. That's what we all do. I, the, the party's $10,000. I have to pay $5,000 up front. I have my other $5,000, right? What what they call dirty nigga behavior is, dirty is I don't have the other $5,000 and I'm banking on that. No, it's not. You're banking. 
and praying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that, you're hoping and praying. Wanna, yeah. You're hoping and praying, and you're banking on that. That's not good business. You can't gauge loss in there because you're only putting up five thousand dollars, and then you're hoping you're making money. You have to put them. You have to have the money set aside. Know what your budget is. Mm-hmm. You put it out to your budget, and then you make your money. Back. The way you're describing it, it don't really go like that. You know, you know what my man told me a, mm. a, a long time ago. Uh, Mm. Again, down in Virginia, big up to uh, DJ Low and Big B, the Buddha Brothers, man. No, mm. the Buddha Brothers. Yeah, they showed a, they showed me a lot of love when they didn't have to, because you know mm. the Buddha the Buddha Brothers for Virginia is the equivalent to what Flex is oh, man, Flex. in in New York. You know yes. what I'm saying? The equivalent to what Greg Street is. To Atlanta. To, to Atlanta and some of these other Southern markets, man. The Buddha Brothers is running, and they always showed me love. And I remember I, I did a, uh, my my best friend and my sister Tracy. We we did a show. We didn't even have artists. We just had people. We did a show. We was doing a showcase, mm-hmm. and we lost a we lost mad money because they had a, a once in a lifetime they had a snowstorm. You know, they don't have snowstorms in Virginia. It just so happened that the night that we doing our show, they had a <laughs> snowstorm. I'm like, we like, what the hell is so going right. on? Yeah. No, the snowstorm comes out of nowhere. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah it came out of nowhere. But what Big B told me, he was like, because we, we was telling him we was doing, doing the showcase, and they, they came and they showed love. But he was like, man, when you do a show, this is what it's the equivalent of. It's the equivalent of you taking all your money, you putting it into a big ball, and you throwing it in the corner, and just know it might not come, come back. back. It might not come back. Yeah. So, you know, but it, it was just, and I, I know we're going to move on to the next one, mm-hmm. but nah, it, that was just the 90s uh, for colleges was such an amazing time. Like, because, man, I saw shows. I remember the night that O.J. Simpson went on the run. Mm. The show was, and I, I don't know what happened. It might have been the promoter too. The <laughs> show was supposed to be um, Goody Mob, Outcast, and um, I forget who else it was. And wound up being Smith and Wesson, Black Moon, and Wu Tang Clan. I never saw that before. Like they switched the entire roster of the show up the day up. Like you pay a ticket. To go see a, a particular show, like I'm, we paid the ticket, advertised for weeks. It's Outkast, Goody Mom. I'm cool because I, you know, I like those groups, so I paid but, the money. But you in the south, so. But but then when they switched it to Wu Tang and all of them, I'm like, I kind of like this show even crazier because this is this is home turf. This is yeah. you know this is it, and this is. Black Moon, when they had all them remixes, I Got You Open remix and, you know, Killing Every Nigga in Sight and, you know, mm-hmm. Wu-Tang was fresh. So, you know, just just that whole time being in college, man, so many people that, that, that we seen that era coming down and those homecomings, those homecomings, they used to be so, so special, man. I don't know if the homecomings now are as big as what they was. 25 years ago or whatever, but they used to be so, so special where you would be seeing the, the next superstar emerge or even the people that was on, they, they would show love and cut a deal to the to the um, the, the student body government, yeah. you know, get them a nice deal and come through. I think, you know, in New York, we have so much going on. 
we don't think anything else is really relevant to us outside of New York. And when you go down south and you see that marching band for the first time practicing in the cut, and you see them girls with their outfit, or when you go to a, a party down south and you see the 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 fraternities and the sororities doing their dance. I remember one of them niggas had pushed all of us, and we they're like, nah, bro. This ain't serious. This ain't New York. They're going to wash us. They, you got to let it rock. And being from Brooklyn, you don't stop the party to let a bunch of dudes stomp around with the cane. But as you absorb that, you like, this world different outside them five boroughs. different. And, and you know, man, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Um, going to a black college, mm. that's a different world. You know, to me, like, getting a chance to watch the TV show, A Different World, mm-hmm. and you know, seeing what they was doing. And now, of course, no school was like Hellman. Like, it, it definitely wasn't like Hellman. No. But um, I was like, It was nowhere gotta... close for y'all experience like that? Hellman was a, it was a fantasy world. I mean, you mm-hmm. had your thing like, like... The pit. The pit was like... Was like that was college, real life. Like, that was the, real that life. That was the McKeldon Center for me in, in Morgan State. That was the pit. Yeah, but uh, but how the dorms looked, how people freely came in and out the dorms, <laughs> and how everybody was like together. You no, know, it was mad beef on the college campus, especially in Norfolk. It was street niggas there. Niggas was selling yeah. drugs on Norfolk. Niggas selling drugs at, at fucking Morgan State. Niggas selling drugs yeah, every, selling, at, on every black college campus. Well, Norfolk was 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 right in the heart of the hood. Uh, Bram, yeah. You know, Bramleton with Pusha T, yeah, Sucker Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Norfolk right State there. was right there. Yeah. The projects but, was right there. But did they ever like? I feel like that they that they respected the college, the niggas that the street. Niggas. It was it was love. It, it it was definitely love. Me personally, I never had no run-ins. Like my my whole time in Norfolk. What what I learned is that if you was just doing your thing, you know, staying humble, you know, not trying to uh, be on this rah rah, you was good. You know what I'm saying? You you was good. It, it wasn't crazy like that. Although we was right in it, and you know, it would be shit we see on the news where the projects is heating up because we was right by the projects and mm-hmm. all of this. It was it was a it was a wild it was a wild area. What up to my brother Al Branch? I see. It was it was a wild time, but um, it was still a lot of fun, man. And it was still it was still just an ele- element of growth and nourishing, and you know, learning how to budget. You know, it might be some weeks you, you mm-hmm. might only have college. fifty dollars for college the week. Or something stretch, like that. College definitely taught you how to live life for real and and really budget your money. I, I credit college of having me come into this game mature about money. I might not have had my frontal lobe developed about emotional things that was going to come from the business because there was a lot of things that back then I reacted poorly to because I didn't understand the full gamut of business and where it carried and where it went to. Yeah, I took everything personal, and business really isn't personal, right? But during that hip-hop wave, everything was personal to me. But the, in that hip-hop wave of how we learned What's the difference now with how the people is learning about the game now than when we did back then? I mean, you know, I think everybody is going to agree that technology is, 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 is so prevalent now, man. It's like, you know, we, we really had to learn hands-on with, with everything. We was, like, really in the, in the soot 
And uh, not to say that some of these people that's coming up is not really into it, but, you know, technology, to me, it changed the game for every single thing. It changed the game. There's different ways you could do business. Like, you know, you were talking about Western Union. Now you want somebody, you sell them, or you send a wire to them, so cash so out. Cash you got out. a record that you, you know? can keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, so You can just... find niggas faster than the fucking cell phone. Everybody had the zap phone back you know what's crazy? I remember... Um, when I would talk with Smack and Beasley, and it's so crazy in the hood how many dudes don't have a bank account. And that's, like, the easiest thing to get. And I would see Smack barking, like, why don't you got a bank account? Because Maybe they don't have a residence. You got to have a residence to have a bank account. Bro, it's it's not. It's, it's not. Some niggas use their jail ID for so shit. So many dudes can get out of jail and get a car. So many street dudes can but get shit. But it don't shit. be in their name. A lot they can, of they can get a bank account. It's, it's, gener- it's generational too, though. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta think like, when, I mean, for me, when I was younger, my mother took me to the bank. She's like, I'm going to set up your bank account and, and do all yeah. of this when I was when I was a kid. Probably but, like 15, 16. That's when I got my joints. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a bank I account when I, was, when I was you young. Did, when you I was it? young. When did you get yours? Yeah? When I got to college. But that, but that's still, that's still, that's, that's still young too. Because the way your parents are and how responsible you are. My parents didn't know about music. They were job. They were working class people. Like you didn't need to have a bank account if you were just going to get a job. You do that when you when it's time for you. Because they had the check cashing places. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Like even with my mother, she messed with the check cashing place for a long time. Everybody they take their regular. They take their regular check. Yo, they my pops was like, yo. Cash. This is how you go. I know niggas that yes. couldn't put their money in the bank account because they had child support problems, so they had to yeah, go to check yeah. cashing. There was there was a lot of there, yeah, they was yanking there, them back there'd then. Be a lot of reasons why people don't have bank accounts. It's not just as simple, and people be a, 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 ashamed to say, "I don't have a permanent residence. I don't want to put a shelter address on That's my true. bank account." Like, like I'm gonna work my way around it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it should be embarrassing to people. Well, and, we and gotta at, at the same time. It, it definitely can be embarrassing to somebody, but you know, some of the strongest people are the people who actually swallowed their pride and got a little bit of help. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. we as a people, we just, we just gotta give each other just a just a little bit of a nudge. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a little bit of help. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he saw that I'm doing my show on Twitch. He came on. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing that he down here in Atlanta. I get the call. We're going to come. But this is how, like, other groups of people do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, they help each other. Like, it's just a phone call. Like, yo, let's just do this. Like, you know, helping kids get jobs. You know, like, my, 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 my daughter need a job. Call up your friend. Like I know you at this company. Like we as black people, we have to we have to do that more. Like that's one of the things that's that's lagging, and it's it's a generational thing. It's it's a, it's a generational handicap. Um, a, a lot of stuff that we doing, but you know, brothers such as me and, and yourselves, we we some of the people that's trying to break those those yeah, cycles. Sure. You know, trying to break those chains. But it, it is it's, it's something just as simple as getting a bank account. Um, and some banks, even today, still they'll, they'll give you hassle about trying to get a bank account. You know, mm-hmm. like even if you got a job and a residence, they they will give you some hassle sometimes. But um, we need more black bankers, and I'm, I I think it's dope. My brother Ari, he's he's a black banker. You know, he he's definitely 
help some people out, you know, that, you know, because it was, I have friends, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I have friends that I talked to them and they didn't have a bank account. Same thing. And I'm like, yo, call my brother, hook yeah, it up, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if they, they would have been just over prideful and too ashamed to, to say, yo, Shaheem, I ain't got no bank account. They, they might not have now. none, and, and at the end of the day, it's not about what you what you don't have. It's about how you gonna get what you need, how you gonna get what you want. Okay, you don't have it. Okay, there's nothing we could do. You know, we can't go to the past. You don't have it, but how, how can you get, get it? it? What's the plan to get it? You so know, what, what saying? was that your bad? plan to get into this media game? Because we we've been oh, talking. We've been talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting I, back to that story. Because the way y'all came in the game. I didn't come in like that. I came in a space where I could manipulate the internet. Yeah. But I didn't know, like, how to get into the game. How you got in is how I wanted to get in. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell for all of the, the young cats that's watching it. Yeah. Um, I did my thing kind of backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I was kind of backwards because I was in college, but it wasn't until, like, my last year. I'm just so caught up in college and... When I was in college, I, I had a job. I was working part-time. Uh, I'm caught up in, in living in the moment. It wasn't until my senior year that I s- started thinking, like, okay, I'm about to graduate. What the hell are you going to do? You know what you want to do, but how are you going to get it? What we were just saying. You know what you want, but how are you going to get it? So I started applying for internships. You know, I didn't even start applying for jobs. I was applying for internships as a senior, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to get these internships early, early, like sophomore, you know, freshman, freshman, sophomore year. year. This is when you're supposed to have it. So by the time you graduate, you you can get a job. Yeah, you go to an employer and be like, look, I've had all these internships. Or if, if you're lucky enough or blessed enough that you'll have an internship at the same company all your years mm-hmm. in in college, and that flow right into it. Flow nice right job. into it. I did my sh- I did my joint ass backwards, y'all. Um, I didn't get my first internship until when I was about to graduate, and I was a big Vibe magazine was starting to pop. I was a big fan of Vibe. I sent them a letter. I think they I think they had like in, in the magazine they had an ad for summer internships. Uh, Kenya Bird, I love you to death. She was working at the magazine at the time. And I, I, I sent my letter in. And this was the start of my senior year, like in September. And literally didn't hear nothing back to them uh, until March. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, damn. I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm just going to graduate and just yeah, go to, uh, yeah, because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to definitely go back to New York and, and figure it out. I was applying to, like, so, so deaf. I don't even think Jermaine noticed, and Jermaine hmm. is my man. So, like, I was I was actually thinking back then, like, okay, so, so deaf is popping. Maybe I'll get a job at a record label because I always love music. So I was just trying to figure it out. Vibe called me back. We had an interview. She was like, yo, she was like, you're applying for an internship, but you about to graduate. We we don't even do that. But we had such a great rapport on the phone, and she actually turned out to be a great friend of mine when I worked at Vibe. She she gave me the internship at Vibe, and um, when I was at Vibe, we had such um, an amazing, amazing roster of people. Like it might, it might be one of the greatest rosters of all time. Because first of all, Danielle Smith. Um, she was the editor in chief. Danielle is a 
fantastic journalist, legend in the game. Her husband is Elliot Wilson. Wilson yeah. But, you know, Danielle, you know, you, you can never introduce Danielle as Elliot's wife. Danielle. No, she was already established. Super boss. Super, super, yeah. super, super bossed up. And she's gone on. Fact, a, people didn't even, it's like they found out later that they were together. Yeah, that that was that was ill because yeah. Elliot used to write for the for the magazine too. Yeah. And um when they finally I went to their wedding actually. Yeah. When when they finally got together, it it was dope, but it was it was a surprise to everybody. But you know, true love, hey. There you go. But we had Danielle Smith, she was the editor in chief. She's going on to write books and edit other magazines and mm. done amazing things, incredible. Um, documentaries, everything. She's incredible. Speaking of documentaries, the music editor was Sasha Jenkins. Sasha Jenkins is one of the main guys at Mass Appeal, and he's directed all of the documentaries for Mass Appeal. He's directed the Rick James joint, the Wu-Tang of Mike's and Men. Um, he's heavily involved with everything Mass Appeal do, like all of those great documentaries. Sasha was dope back then. Um, we had Minya O., who turned out to Ms. be Miss Info. Yeah. She gave me, like, simple advice when I first started, but it was, like, some of the biggest advice of my career. She was like, you're an intern, and even though you're the low... This is not verbatim, but this is breaking it down, what she said. She was like, you're an intern. You're the low man of the totem pole. Because back then, as an intern, I was getting people coffee. I was going to the cleaners and mm -hmm. picking up their clothes, all type of shit that I don't even think you you could get away with now to the interns to do. But Miss Info told me, she was like, look, don't look at it. I was making photocopies. We had a photocopy machine. She was like, don't look at it as you being the little man on the totem pole and you doing the grunt work. You're an intern. You got to make yourself as indispensable as possible so you will stick out and people will want to work with you and give you a job later on. And that's what I did. You know, my, my, my internship. And I think I had, like, maybe the, the last paid internship. I don't know if they pay interns, but... Oh, no, I was paying you as an intern? I was making, oh, oh, I was man, making like... you really did everything. Because you was on Quincy Jones. We just watched the, the documentary. I was, on Quincy, I was making, like, $20 money. an hour back then. As an intern. It was amazing. It wow. was amazing. Like... And, you know, my intern hours mm -hmm. was, you know, Nothing 10 o'clock in the morning and we off at 6. But what I would do, because mm. ma magazines is a whole different beast. Uh, unfortunately, mm. they don't really have a lot of hip-hop in black culture magazines now, but hip-hop magazines especially. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work that's put into those magazines, a lot of hours. Like, we would be there for, for hours. Like, interns, you get off at 6, but the people that work... Midnight, yeah, one o'clock, yeah. all night long. You know, like and you was in the trenches. I was them? in the trenches. I, I was, yeah. I would stay. So we had Sasha, we had Menya, we had Kenya Burr, who went on to be a great writer. Um, Emil Wilberkin, who was the he's a he's a big guy in the fashion yeah. world now. He, he's he's like a he's the fashion godfather. Yeah. Emil, the late great George Pitts was the photo editor yeah. who's done amazing things. Everybody on the staff. Went on to be legends. You were surrounded by legends. I was surrounded, surrounded by, by legends. legends. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Mimi Valdez, mm. who, who's uh, Pharrell's right yeah, hand, I'm that's doing. Mm -hmm. She was there. Um, Katina Lee, Shawnee Saxton. Everybody went on. Uh, Janine Amber, who uh, gave me a lot of great writing gigs. The late great Dave Bree. 
um, so many people. Rob Kenner, who just wrote the book for Nipsey Hussle, and he's a great giant. Like, so many great giants. It, it's, it's crazy. Like, if, if we actually did... Who was that vibe? And then right before I came, Dayton Thomas, mm-hmm. he was there. Jermaine Hall, who has his own level magazine. Like, and then we had all the writers. Bobito was was writing a column for us. I, I used to edit it. Um, Elliot Wilson, Chairman Mao, uh, all these greats, man. All of these greats. Oh, Car- Carter Harris, who yeah. went on to be a television. Did you know writer. that there was grace while it was happening, or 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 did it occur while you was there? Did you? Realize that once you got there and saw them, or did you realize it even later? Did you? Did it happen? Nah, be- I, I knew every. I knew everybody was special, bro. Like I knew everybody because I was a fan of all these people. Um, mm. Cheo, who who was the showrunner. Cheo, he was a writer. Dream Hampton. Karen Good, I was a super Dream Hampton fan. You know, I like a, I, I, I used to read Hampton her. Fan, I so. used to read her stuff, just mesmerizing. You know, I I just took a little bit from everybody's. For me being a writer, I took mm-hmm. a little bit from here, a little bit from there, mm-hmm. a little bit from there. I had I had great teachers. I I was I was really fortunate to come into the magazine at that time, man. And that's that's uh, I came into the magazine with Quincy still. Had ownership. He came, he came he came to the building. I, we sat down. I remember sitting down with Quincy Jones, bro. Sitting down with Quincy, and he just the chillest dude. Sitting back, he just talking about the magazine vibe. Had the TV show with Sinbad. He was talking about that show, and it was ill. Um, I was I was writing a column in Vibe one time, and uh, almost got fired because we up in the we up. Bev Smith, she was on the sales team. Bevy, who's doing? Bevy, mm-hmm. She's the super media person. Yeah. It's too many names. Whoever, if, if I forget, I Bones Malone. She started on the sales team. Wow. She was getting a lot of bread on the sales team, and she switched her whole stuff up to become a media personality. So, nothing but love and respect for Bev. There's so many other greats that worked that vibe. Our roster was crazy, but. Oh, I almost got fired. Yeah. This, this is just one of the sidebar stories. I'm writing a, a, a column and vibe where I have uh, Raekwon and Snoop coming in to sit down and just talk about music. We just talking about the songs that was hot. Uh, um, what was the song? Highway, Highway. Mm. That song was hot then. We were just talking about music. And we in the conference room upstairs because editorial was on the flip, fifth floor and all the sales apartment was on the sixth floor. So we on the sixth floor, we talking, and of course, it's Snoop Dogg and it's Raider Chef. They both want to blaze. Snoop bring out the biggest bag of weed that you ever see. And you know what I'm going to tell them? I'm going to say, y'all can't blaze in here. You know what I'm saying? Man, the brother started smoking. And we on this, but we're on the sixth floor. Like if we would have did it on the fifth floor, we might have could have got away. But we on the sixth floor with all of the corporate, and just so happened that the day that they're there, we have people from the you know because Bob is a corporate corp- office. Corporate office is in there, and they knocking on the door. Yo, whatever y'all doing, put it out. We smell it all through here. What's going on? So it was like, what was Snoop's reaction as they saying that? Did he care or nah, he was like, they, I'm they, keep it going? I, I mean, they was pulling me to the sidebar, and you know, I'm trying to be polite, I'm telling them like, you know, they they saying that 
They saying that y'all, you know, y'all can't too. smoke. But you know, I'm I'm trying to get the story. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be polite to the guys because I, I didn't know them at that time. You know, like this is my first time really coming into contact with Chef and contact with Snoop. Yeah. Now these those guys are those are my guys. You know what I'm saying? We was just with, with Ray the other the other yeah, night uh-huh. at, at Busted Dinner. So those are my guys. Now it's easy. But back then I'm a kid. They younger, more rebellious. They blazing. So. I didn't get fired. It was, it was close though. I was I was the talk of the office. Yeah. I was the talk of the but nobody but nobody else could really pull that shit off. I'm getting Snoop and getting Raekwon, you know, still it wasn't Cuban Link time, but he was still hot. Snoop was still hot. So it was like, damn, you 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 bringing both of those together for an article in the magazine, which is damn near impossible, and you bringing them to the actual office. So Value. You know, it it was value. You gotta let man. him smoke. We gotta let him you smoke. gotta let him smoke, man. And <laughs> then and then the shout out uh our, our office was so crazy because the the vibe office, it was uh what was it, two fifteen Lexington. So you walk in walk into the to the building and it's the reception area right in the middle, to the left, you go to the elevator banks, you go to the sixth floor, you go to vibe. To the other side, to the right. You go to the elevator banks, I think it's the seventh or eighth floor. I, I forget what floor it is, but it's loud records. So we're at loud records when it's big pun, exhibit, mob deep, MOP, everybody. Was Wu there already too? Wu was already Wu yeah, was, was already there, on okay. loud. You know, yeah. Chef was already there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it was like, damn, I I was like Vibe magazine at its height. And then you got loud records right at his height next door. And it's crazy. Sometimes I'll be coming in from lunch and I see Pun coming in. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm going home and Mob Deep is coming in while I'm, you know, so as a young kid just getting into the game, I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. My first ever industry party I ever went to was the album release party for Nori, the, the niggas on the run eating album. That's the first party I ever went to. And it was everybody was there. Nas, Mob Deep, everybody, DJ Premier. So, you know, I'm seeing all of this exposed so early. And I'm like, damn, is this what the industry is? Hmm. Is this what I'm gonna be experiencing? All, all the time. And you know what? It was. It was. <laughs> it, was. It, was. it was. It was the most it was. I mean, we could talk about it was one of the most exhilarating times. I got on like right after that, but yeah. it was it was an exhilarating time. I I I explained to people how the Christmas parties was a big deal. Like oh, yeah. the, the the when you got an invite to the Sony Christmas party, like you making your rounds, the money's in there. The connection is Incredible. in there. You feeling good. The chicks is in there. Everything that you're looking for. This was our own world. This is what people don't understand. This was this was um, and this is the height in height in New York City, man. This is uh, this is the the, the the summer that I started working at Vibe is when Jay Z put out Streets is Watching. It was at 97? 97? 98. 98, he put up Streets and Watson? Yeah, so this is right before... 97? No, I thought 98 was um volume two. Was not volume, vo- two? Vo- volume one. Volume one was, yeah, uh, was, was 97. 97. Okay, 97. Yeah. Okay. Right, uh-huh. yeah, he dropped uh-huh. that hard knock life in 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was talking he dropped that. Two. Yeah, yeah he dropped two. that. Yeah, he, he dropped both of them same year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um... 
Oh, the streets is what you right. Yeah, I'm the, the soundtrack. The streets is walking. Yeah, soundtrack. The soundtrack. Video. Yeah. yeah. So you know, this is we seeing the we seeing the ascension. Like when I started in the game, we seeing the ascension. You know, Biggie, uh, rest in peace. That's my favorite rapper. He had been he had been dead for about a year. So. We just starting to recover, you know what I'm saying? New York is starting to come back. Like we we took that. That was a big what loss. What was the temperature like at Vibe? Because you know hindsight's 2020, but you know that East Coast West Coast coverage and that magazine cover from Vibe is iconic. Yeah. Did they feel responsible or a certain level of you know guilt what? in it, the office? Nah, it was it wasn't something that. It wasn't something that um I know it's a year we, later. Yeah, we we didn't we, shit, nigga, he we, got killed coming from the vibe party. Yeah, he got yeah. Like he was he coming did. from the vibe party. He did. That was bigger than he any did. any cover. He was leaving the actual did. fucking party. He, he did, but Vibe was running the game. Yeah. It was it, we all we had was source and vibe. Yeah, but you gotta look at it too, like uh See, see, people don't know that, like, with the inner workings of, of the magazine, even though the magazine is still there, it's the brand, people, some people wasn't working there, you know what I'm saying, a, a year later. Like, it's, it's just like you go to, I make it simple for, for people that, that's watching this, it's just like you go to your favorite neighborhood McDonald's or something like that. Even though it's always the restaurant, the person that was working on fries ain't, fries, ain't, doing ain't no there more. no yeah. more. They they over at Pizza Hut now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so a lot of the inner workings of the, of the magazines is like that. But it was it was such a, it was a, no pun intended, it was a great vibe when I started. Summer 98, it was a great vibe. The first cover Lauren Hill, you know what I'm saying? Lauren Hill had just come out with that mm-hmm. Lost Ones. And uh, it was a little controversy over the Lauren Hill cover because she was actually supposed to be, she actually did the Source cover. And, excuse me, and Vibe actually took a photo. They, they, she did the interview with Vibe, but it wasn't supposed to be on the cover. That's back then in, in the magazine days. It's, it's, it's almost like if you do a show in Atlanta today, the, the promoter will, will put it in the contract. You can't do a show in Atlanta yeah, yeah, ninety days. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. So if you do a ma- if you do the, the cover of a magazine in June, that's exclusive. You can't do another magazine cover in June. You might can't do it for another couple of I'm months. September. Yeah, you I'm know what I'm September saying. Another cover. But you could do an interview, but you just can't, you can't do, do the cover. cover. Mm-hmm. So. Vibe put her on the cover. It was some controversy with that, but that's when the magazine wars was was ill, man. Like it was, it was so competitive, and just you know. And I talk about the the vibe roster, the source roster was crazy. You had Carlito, um, all of these great guys. Um, Selwyn, these guys are doing movies and and doing like big movies, uh, Empire television shows. These guys are doing great things. You know what I'm saying? Tone Boots and all of those guys. So um, it, it was a fan, it was a, just a fantastic time. Like the late '90s, early 2000s was a fantastic time just to be in New York. A fantastic mm-hmm. time just to be in journalism, in the music business. In the music business, a lot of money was flowing. It, it seemed like everything was, you know, New York was popping. The South was still popping. LA, West Coast, West Coast was, was popping. Yeah, it, it was just it was just a little bit more even, you know, and. Um, we had our superstars, man, and these these, these guys that was stars then they they standing the test of time. They they still out. Jay Z, 
everybody is, is, is still out doing still their relevant. thing. Snoop yeah. Dogg. Yeah. And then from Vibe, I, I was... Method Man. Yeah, so I, I, I did my internship at Vibe, and I only did the internship for about six months, and then they hired me. That my, my internship was only supposed to be for the summer. After the summer, they was like, can you stay for the fall? You're doing a great job. I was like, as a matter of fact, I can. I graduated school, you know? So if, if I... If I so... I was blessed because if I was in school, I would have had to. I, I would have had to lose it. But I, I was graduated, so I graduated. Um, would you have quit, have dropped out of school if that? Nah, you wouldn't have dropped out of school. I was so close I to. I was so close to the finish line, man. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I would drop out of a, a college with just like one more semester to I go. I, me, I would have been like, college ain't going nowhere. I'm if it was, if they, not for, for, for an internship, I don't know if I would have no, did it. If, if it job, was a job, for a job, for a job, yeah, for a job, yeah. I mean, that's why you go to school, to get the job. Yeah, I would I would definitely did it for the job. See, sometimes you know you got parents that be like, the job ain't going nowhere. Finish nah, up the you gotta school. do it. I, I you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a chance. The job might not be there. Especially those caliber of yeah. jobs in that era. That's yeah. the, you know, parents that was my dream. I, yeah. I was, I was living my dream, man. I, I had my dream job. You know, like some people want to rap, some people want to produce, and it's great if, if you got the talent to do it, pursue it with a passion. But I wanted to be a writer. And I, I was living my living my dream, and I, I man, I had some of the best times, and I, I left Vibe, and cause I had gotten so hot, like writing for Vibe, I had gotten so hot, all the other magazines was pursuing me, Sauce and mm. XXL, everybody wanted to, to pay me more money to, to jump ship, yeah. and I and I was so loyal, I was so loyal to Vibe, cause that was my first place that I worked, but I remember having a conversation. Cause Danielle left, like I told you, it was it's the turnover. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't know. So Danielle left, mm -hmm. and Emil took over at Vibe, and he had his administration, and he was like, "Look, cause I I I, I was moving rapid in just two years. I was I was unprecedented, the youngest music editor. Like I was the youngest whatever there, you know, breaking records. And he was like, "Look." You're doing good work, but you're moving too fast. I don't know if we're going to give you any more promotions for a while. And at the time, I was young, and I took it as, man, this nigga just trying to hold me back. Like, you know, if, 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 I'm, if, if, I'm, if I'm accelerating uh, at an accelerated pace, but I'm still doing the work and I'm delivering, let me keep accelerating. But how he saw it was like, I want you to kind of be in this position and learn a little bit more. And, you know, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to learn as I go, you know. I, and, pl and then I was just getting so many job offers from all of these other places. Mm -hmm. I wound up working at this, this Internet company because this is when the Internet started getting hot, started building. So I went, went and started working at this Internet company called Hook.com. And they was they was paying me double what Vibe was paying me, so I was like, "Shit, even if I get fired, I'm still good for a year because I'm making double, you know." So I, so I did that. I did Hook.com for like nine months. 
they went bankrupt because it was just so much money they was pouring into because everybody was trying to figure out what the internet was. Yeah. So you would go, it's, it's like any other investments. Like you, you get your seed money to start, then you got to keep going through rounds and funding and funding. And they were spending so much money. We had such a big staff. They were spending money on the, the office space. Everybody had computers to take home. You know, they, they, was, they spent a lot of money. And the money wasn't coming back in. So they shut down. It, it was crazy because we there. And well, Hook, Hook was a fun atmosphere. We had a great time. Me, Daytuan was there, Jermaine Hall, they Keith Murphy. All that damn money. Yeah, but, it, <laughs> but everybody there was we was all friends. So it's like after work we all go out. This is when the industry like It was a lot of money still flowing. It was money in the end, it was endless money in the industry. So they would have big parties every night. Like every night, Arista Record Party. A Leah party, uh, Rockefeller party, Puffy party, Shine party, Nas party. Every- Y'all was doing them, or everybody just was having them. No, it was just the industry. Yeah, the industry was going it, was, it was it was just parties, parties every night. Was, I, I, I don't know why it was so many parties at that time, but I know the labels were because of the money and the yeah. and people still marketing. Who didn't want to go to yeah. the Arista party? Then you had artists that wanted the to label. The labels were spending, and they were selling records like there was. The music Man, industry was, was sweet. It was, it was, this is before Napster. This is no M- MP3s. Yeah. This is physical copies. The, the worst they had to worry about is the bootleggers, but they were still selling. Bootleggers was a part of them. them. Yeah, you it know. Was doing that shit on purpose. And this, this was still when records were selling three, four million a clip. Like I said, this is Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life, five million. Then, then the dog came. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dog... So was selling three million on two albums. Two albums. Two albums. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it the it was money with the money was flowing. It was parties. Doctor Dre, Doctor Dre's, Ja Rule, fucking Fifty Cent, like it, like everybody no who came along. People was coming. You know what I'm saying? But the more I feel like the the moral to this whole thing, which is about bag fuel, which I'm gonna try to wrap it up. The moral to this whole shit is. You see how Shaheen went and he made a career out of writing and he was he was aware of how to pivot to other stages of his career through his writing. Now mm. he's on Twitch. Now he's on shows. He's doing many other he speaks. He does a whole bunch of other things that have evolved from Started his doing music, you know what I'm saying? AR and everything, man. AR and so so don't get it twisted that you come in and you only could do that is 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 it's like I said prior. You can come in, you can be a photographer, be the best photographer that you can be. That doesn't mean that that's the only thing that you're gonna do, and you're gonna be pigeonholed. Use that to make the relationships, and those relationships will carry on when it's time for you to make other moves. Yeah, absolutely. And but the, the, the key to that is um, you got to master the area. For for me, it worked for me. Like. I mastered writing. I did that. I was at MTV for 10 years. So when I was mastering writing, being at MTV, the biggest television station in the world at the time, I was learning production. You know what I'm saying? I was learning editing and learning how to direct and how to produce and all of this. Started producing shoots for MTV and then it it, it made it easier. But, you know, if, if I didn't master the writing, it might not have been possible, but... You know, like definitely in today's day and age, you got to learn how to do multiple things because 
everything is out there. Like if if you learn if you learn how to write, you gotta learn how to edit. You gotta learn how to produce. You gotta learn how to talk on that microphone as well. Mm-hmm. You got shoot. You gotta learn how to shoot too. Like you know, it's it's, it's opportunities now where. You know, they want me to get footage on the, you know, just get the footage on the iPhone or something like that. So yep. it's like, I'm like, man, I, I never was a shooter like that. But, you know, you got you to gotta capture the footage. I'm going to ride into a photographer. Yeah, yeah I'm, get, I'm getting, yo, I'm in like this. I'm trying to get better too. Because he takes our pictures and my pictures be trash. And I realize that these, fo- these photographs carry on. Mm-hmm. And I'm focused on getting better in every aspect of the game as well if we're going to continue to evolve and make something of ourselves back to you shaheem Reed. subscribe like comment super thanks all that stuff we about to start doing lives thank you to shaheem Reed for this atlanta edition it's never enough time when we talking to people it's never. too much information Everybody, I Stories. feel like we have to do a part two with them, and we look forward to that as well. Definitely. Just last thing I say is make sure y'all get that book of Jose, mm. Fat Joe's memoir, the book of Jose, which I was blessed to be a part of. Mm. Fat Joe, my brother. It's out there. It's, it's the realest book for the culture. Realest book for the culture. Congratulations to y'all, fellas. Thank you. Too. Thank you. Congratulations. Back on.